Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And what's up, Gamecock fam? Wes Mitchell here, GC Live. Friday free-for-all edition of the show. No Chris Clark today. Uh, shout out to Carolyn, his wife. It is her birthday weekend, so Chris and her are off uh, the show today and um, going to sort of check out some some time out of town, I guess. So you got me and then you got Colin Taylor joining uh, a little bit later on. Um, Colin is finishing up a, um, I believe, a press conference, but is going to hop on with me a little bit later on. Colin, much more dialed in than I am to the basketball scene at South Carolina and, of course, the baseball scene at South Carolina and is um, going to come on to talk about that. Of course, we'll still talk a little bit of football as well, and um, Colin's going to be joining me here shortly. Uh, Nick Terrio says, man, I never know when y'all are coming on. I know. Sorry about that. I know we jumped around on times. It's honestly, it's been very hectic trying to follow the coaching searches and, and all this stuff. So we have jumped around as far as the different times that we do the show. Um, we're looking at possibly locking in this noon time slot as being sort of the the time that we roll the show from now on. And then maybe we adjust that when it's football season again. Uh, real quick, I see Colin is down there. I'm going to bring Colin in here shortly. Got to throw a shout-out to our buddy Clint Hammond of Mortgage Network. He is our presenting sponsor of the show. He makes the show possible. Uh, check Clint out, mortgagenetwork.com slash Clint-Hammond, or give him a call, 803-771-6933. Whether you are a first-time homebuyer or whether you are an experienced investor, give Clint a call. He'll get you hooked up with a great interest rate. Uh, as Colin Taylor knows, never a better time than right now to buy a house because interest rates are incredibly low. So hit Clint up, 803-771-6933, chammond at mortgagenetwork.com. As I said, we'll bring him in now. He is Gamecock Central's Colin Taylor. Colin, uh, I know there's a lot going on, man. The baseball scrimmages, I guess, starting up this afternoon. Uh, baseball now has their, their first pitch date um, set at least if COVID cooperates, and always men's and women's basketball going on this time of year. And we're still all trying to figure out what the heck's going to go on with this football staff, man. So i um, glad you're able to join us. I believe you are, you're what, in between basketball presser, is that right, and then baseball scrimmage? Yeah, we got uh, just finished up the player availability for hoops and got a baseball scrimmage later this afternoon. And uh, baseball scrimmages, I guess today's Friday, so Saturday and Sunday, and basketball Saturday, and then basketball again on Wednesday. So grind never stops, as they say. Yeah, lots going on, man. So appreciate the time here. Appreciate everybody that's already joining us in the chat line there. Again, uh, sorry that we jump around for the time. It's just that, that's the way we've had to do it right now in order to keep having a show. Um, happy Friday to you as well, Miss Lynn. Um James, yes, if, if anybody, if James or anyone else would like to sign up for GamecockCentral.com, uh, you can still use the code GameCocks to get 50% off your first year. That's not a code that we're actually uh, promoting very much right now. It's not one that we're pushing, but since uh, it's Friday and I'm feeling nice and you all have been nice enough to join us here on the show, um, I will let you know that. Just put in GameCocks in the promotional field and uh, you'll get 50% off your first year, and then it goes up to the, the full $99 after that. Um, but we think it's worth it, whether it's $50 or $100, because that's like not very much money per day. And we've got coverage of football, football recruiting, signing day coming up, and then, as I said, basketball and baseball. Um, Colin, first of all, is there anything uh, newsworthy, anything breaking, anything we need to know 
from that player availability that you just finished up with heading into this basketball game for the men with Vanderbilt on Saturday night? Outside of how they've handled the Trey Hannibal, Trayvon Minot, and Trey Anderson uh, naming snafus, uh, now uh, everything seems good to go there. And uh, the game's on, and South Carolina's traveling up there today. And, and, I mean, the game is on is actually – we never thought we would say this, but that that's actual news. You know, that, that's a question we have to ask for every single freaking game and every single sport right now, unfortunately. So, uh, especially with the South Carolina men's basketball team dealing with this cloud of COVID consistently being over their head, um, I, I do think it's important to point out that – it hasn't been, and I, I've done some checking on this. I don't cover basketball day to day like Colin does. Uh, he knows way more about the inner workings, but um, I do have a couple people that I talked to involved there. It's important to point out it hasn't been that these guys have been like going against COVID protocols and have been, you know, not doing what they're supposed to do based on everything I've heard. It's been more like maybe a guy or two has had it and then you have all this contact tracing that goes on and it's been more I believe that South Carolina has followed the protocols to a T which means you wipe out half of your team with maybe one guy having a positive test or two guys having a positive test so it's happened multiple times you know because of that Uh, you feel for the I feel for the kids man because they're having to do tests three times a week um it's been constantly interrupting their season in basketball, dude. It's, it's gotta be nearly impossible to stay in shape. If you're constantly getting shut down two weeks at the time. Yeah. And I think what not a lot of people realize about this quarantine thing is when you get popped for contact tracing and, or you test positive for it, God forbid you, you don't just get to hang out. You can't go for a run. You can't go for a walk. You're trapped in a room with, you know, no real cardio to do and you lose shape that way. I mean, when you're like that for a week, you lose shape, let alone, you know, two weeks, three weeks or a month like they were. And the starter stop doesn't help with that in any way, shape or form. And um, that, that, that's a factor. That's something that they needed to, to get over and, you know, whether that's getting more practice time or conditioning once you're able to get out of your apartment and, and do things that helps. Um, but yeah, I feel for these, these guys on this team and, you know, you, you sit there and you, when they brought them back to campus for school and for the, the season, you're, you told them, listen, you're going to be, have to be sequestered. You're going to have to be away from your student body, but you're going to get to play basketball. So there was a little bit of silver lining there. And then when you take that away from them, that affects guys mentally. And I think that you've dealt with a lot of mental health problems because guys have had the thing that they love the most taken away from them for, you know, three different stretches of time. And, man, I, I tell you, so it's one thing to be in shape for, like, you or me to go for a run or something or to, to do a little bit of physical activity. Completely different story to be in basketball, like game shape, um, or shoot, man, to even be in a Frank Martin practice shape, yeah. I imagine, um, from what you hear about about what those guys go through there. So, um, feel for them in that case. I know one thing about Frank Martin teams is defense has always been a focus, and I know Frank has a very um, – I would say somewhat unique or detail-oriented defense that it seems like it takes sometimes time for for these guys to sort of gel together and and learn what they have to do on the floor together within his defense. Um, We saw a couple of games there where it was not a Frank Martin defense at all as far as the results go. what was the biggest difference for you, man, Here, you know, hearing from Frank Martin, what you saw with your own eyes, um, what you heard from the players? What was the biggest difference in that win over Georgia? Because obviously that was needed uh, coming off of a losing streak. And um, is that something they can replicate moving forward? 
Yeah, I mean, they kept it really simple. I mean, you had that Auburn game where you just did not look good really on any end of the court, especially defensively. And, I mean, Frank Martin went home and just – he didn't even watch the film on it and scrapped it and said, listen, we're going to do something new defensively. They simplified things. They made it to where, you know, ball screen defense, I could get – try to get into finer points, but they're not having to make – three or four different calls depending on the game plan. They're defending your ball screens one specific way. That way there's no confusion. Uh, and that's helped. They're not pressing as much right as they get across the half court line, which certainly helps um, keep guys set in their defense. They're playing more zone, which I think really helps this team a lot just because of their length and their athleticism. And I mean, I don't think you can discount how, keeping it simple has helped them. Uh, they look much better. They looked more comfortable playing fast, which they really didn't do defensively speaking um, in any of their three other games. So, yeah, I think this is certainly repeatable just because of how simplistic, and that's not a bad thing. When I say simplistic, it's not, you know, a dumbed-down version. It's just a very simple version to keep guys playing fast. It's easily repeatable, and you hope that that can continue against Vanderbilt this weekend and then onward because you got some tough games coming up after this weekend. Yeah, I, I have said many times on this show that I hate the phrase must win uh, because I, I think it, you know, it's, it's completely overused. But if you look at and sometimes it's a must win because, you know, it's a, it's a huge game and both teams are, are ranked, both teams are playing well or something. Other times, though, I look at this game this weekend and I just see that Vanderbilt has not won an SEC game since they beat South Carolina March of last year. And they're over in the conference this year. South Carolina obviously has to collect win- as many wins as possible in limited opportunities, again, going back to COVID. Um, what is your take on this game? And what what does what does this game mean as far as the the different rankings and the net and and all that stuff as well? Have you have you sort of had a chance to dive into that? And the other side of that though, a lot to me a loss. It's more it's more like hey a loss here would be devastating for any of South Carolina's chances just because it is a game that should be very winnable for South Carolina. Now the caveat is you're going. To Vandy, it's the weirdest weird, such a weird arena, weird court, just weird setup, and it's a late game. I caught Frank talking about this a little bit on the Colin show yesterday. He's like, "You just sit around all day, so you're trying not to be sluggish. You're trying to stay juiced, but you can't go do anything again. COVID, so." Um, it's not going to be an easy game. I'll go ahead and say that. It probably will not be easy, even if Vandy is over in conference. But how do, how do you sort of frame, frame this game up for us, Colin, to yeah. the side of the fact that you can't lose this game, basically? Yeah, I mean, losing this game, I don't think South Carolina has necessarily had a truly bad loss this year compared to what they've had in years past with Stetson or Wyoming, I mean, they haven't really had one of those. The SEC teams they've lost to have been good SEC teams, and Liberty's an okay team, and Houston's obviously a top-10 team in the country. Um, this would be a bad loss. Vanderbilt is, I mean, bottom, you know, bottom half of the SEC right now, obviously, and um, not great in the net or not great in Ken Palm rankings. So South Carolina needs to win this game um, just to say, you know, Good teams beat the teams they're supposed to beat. South Carolina is favored in this game on the road. So that's something that they need to win this game just to – you need wins. I mean, at this point in the season, you're a team that needs wins. You're a team that needs to get some positive momentum going. Uh, You haven't won back-to-back games this – or back-to-back SEC games this year. Um, So you you need to build some positive momentum, and and Vanderbilt's a good way to do it. They're not good defensively, uh, last in the SEC – about middle of the pack in offensive efficiency, literally seventh. Um, But they have a really good guard uh, in Scottie Pippen Jr., who spells his name differently than his dad, but goes by Scottie Pippen Jr., Um, which is interesting to me. And then a Dylan Deason, 
who's a big that, I mean, they've had problems with. I mean, Scottie Pippen's got shot 16 free throws last year against South Carolina in that final game. So uh, they've struggled with point guards, good guards this year, and will need to be better there. Uh, but it's it's a team that South Carolina should be in a team that it's not going to be easy because you have a good point guard in Scottie Pippen Jr. and you have a good big man in, in Dylan Disu that's, that can cause problems. But uh, South Carolina, they play like the way they did against Georgia. Uh, then they should have a really good chance to win this game. Uh, by the way, if y'all have any questions for, for Colin on basketball or baseball, we're going to get into some baseball here in a second. Uh, go ahead and throw them in the chat. Uh, Miss Lynn wants to know, Colin, does Vandy have the best home court advantage? Obviously, you know, I, I think home court advantage in basketball this year seems to be almost nil as far as the actual um, atmosphere you know, and stuff like that. But you, you've been covering basketball now for a while, Colin. How, how much of an effect does that just weird um, setup have on teams? Um, I don't know, is it logistically as far as communication? Is it, or is it just the weirdness of every other court being set up a certain way and then you go there and I don't even know how it's legal, honestly. So what's your take on that? Yeah, it's – I mean, it's top probably five in the SEC. I've never been to Arkansas, but I've heard stories about how good that arena is. Rupp's obviously Kentucky insane. Um, and then I'd probably have Vanderbilt in that next tier uh, just because it's, it's so unique. I mean, the court's elevated. The benches are obviously on the baseline and not the, the sideline. Uh, guys have to scream to hear each other. I mean, it's just it's just weird and it's literally a converted opera house. Like they took an old opera house and made it into a basketball court. So the acoustics are weird. The vibe in there is weird. Um, it looks still like an opera house. Um, when you're not sitting baseline, if you're media, you're sitting in some suite and you can't see the scoreboard. I mean, it's just all of it's interesting. So I would say Vanderbilt just from an oddity standpoint is one of the more unique and, and harder places to play just because it takes you out of your rhythm a little bit. Right. Um, so let's talk about maybe a couple of a couple of guys that I think are worth pointing out or, or maybe focusing on a little bit. Keyshawn Bryant, man. I mean, this dude has always had the attention of the fans, uh, you know, media folks, and the, the flash has always been there. Like the – this is a guy that's going to end up on top 10 plays, at least at some point during the season because of his crazy dunks and incredible leaping ability, blocking ability. But uh, to me, has maybe started to play his best overall basketball and seemed to maybe be more bought into like playing team ball and, and being even maybe more – Seemed like maybe a little bit more of a vocal leader potentially on you know on the bench. Um, what what have you seen from Keyshawn Bryant, uh, particularly this week, and maybe his growth as a player from being this just incredible athlete who makes some plays for you to maybe we're seeing the complete basketball player potentially shine through. He doesn't shut up, and that's a good thing. Keyshawn Bryant does not shut up and South Carolina needs a guy like that to where he can, he's a leader. Uh, that's certainly evident. Uh, he's pulling guys away. Like if Frank Martin gets on somebody and during the middle of a game, Keyshawn's the first guy that's going to pull him away and say, Frank, I got this and, and end up yelling at him. Uh, you need that team leadership. Uh, and from a play standpoint, I mean, he's been unreal. He, I remember talking to his trainer, over the summer that he worked with. And he was like, listen, Keyshawn's not going to shoot 35 to 40% from three uh, consistently over the course of a season. But if he can make one or two, force guys to play and, and play him out and give him some more driving lanes, it's, it's game over. And you've seen that. His jump shot's better. Teams have to guard him outside of the paint more. They can't just collapse on him when he drives and, that's opened things. That's opened up a lot for him, and I think that his scoring's obviously been so insane. I mean, I think twenty-two points in SEC play alone, and 
but you look at the other stuff. He's rebounding at a high level. He's passing the ball at a high level. He's, uh, you know, t- forcing turnovers. He's doing everything that you want. A, your, arguably, he's, he's their star right now. You want your star player to do. Um, and if he can continue to play like this, I mean, if he's still coming off the bench, he's in the running for SDC sixth man of the year. If he keeps his pace up and, you know, if he's back in the starting lineup, I could see earning some second, third team, all SEC honors. So, all right, like, like we talked about, Colin, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow night, huge, need to beat Vandy. I would say have to beat Vandy if they're going to sort of stay in any type of NCAA tournament picture. Um, so that leads me to this question: Where where are where are they? Are are they in this conversation? What what needs to happen moving forward? Because it's so, it's I mean it's difficult to get in anyway, but it's almost hard to even process or um, to even know exactly what it's going to take this year because they've played so few games, and um, you know I think I'm. I think you look back and you maybe are going to one day circle that LSU loss when they played well for most of that game and had a lead for a lot of that game and uh, couldn't quite put it away at the end. And and that's going to end up being huge. But what needs to happen in your opinion, moving forward for them to at least be in this conversation for postseason? Well, they need to play better defensively. Um, they started with that against Georgia. Uh, Georgia's not necessarily a juggernaut. Um, I think that'll go down as a, a quad three win right now. Quad, I think quad three at home, quad two on the road. Uh, they need to play better defense and win basketball games. I mean, they're out of it right now just because they're four and five and you know they really don't have a marquee win yet. I mean, the teams they've played in and won, they've dominated outside of Florida A&M their first game back in a month. So you need to win games and – you do that starting at Vanderbilt, which is I'm looking at right now, uh, 143rd in Ken Palm. Then over your next three games after that, you have the top two teams in the SEC in Florida on the road and Alabama at home. I mean, and then sandwiched in between, there's Mississippi State. So if you can beat a Florida on the road, that's a quad one win. If if you can beat Alabama, I mean that's you know, that, that's probably the best win maybe anyone's had in the SEC this season. If you can go and beat Alabama, who's top 10 right now and in every conceivable category, it feels like. So uh, there's some chances for really good wins down the stretch here, you know, but you just have to win these games and you have to avoid getting having results like you did against Missouri and against Auburn. Uh, where you just look non-competitive for parts. Um, if you can fix some of the things defensively that have plagued you, which they did against Georgia, and win basketball games, then you have a shot at getting at least into the conversation uh, for the NCAA tournament or the NIT. Well, and and if if Frank Martin's teams have showed us anything over the years is that they will sort of they'll drop some games, especially early in the season, that maybe they shouldn't, but they'll also win some games when, when people don't really expect them to. So I I will never count this bunch out. I do think they've been highly affected by all the starts and stops. And you just, there's no way to know what this season, I know people are tired of excuses, but um, it's the honest truth. There's no way to know what this season would have looked like uh, for a lot of teams really without the starting and stopping and, and dealing with, with everything else um, off the court. So let's switch gears. Baseball uh, scrimmages this weekend. Uh, I saw that baseball. Um, I saw. I glanced at the release, Colin. Um, from what I understand, some of the or most of the out of conference games already are locked in. Is that right, or yeah. is the whole schedule locked in? All but one weekend series is locked in. Okay, so uh, we do know this. Um, Two thousand twenty-one baseball season. Starts very soon. It's right around the corner. Uh, South Carolina will host Dayton February 19th through the 21st. That's, of course, a three-game series there. Uh, midweek game against Winthrop February 23rd. And then uh, you have, obviously, the big early season matchup, Clemson. That's February 26th at Clemson. Uh, 
uh, February 27th at Floor Field in Greenville, and then February 28th here in Columbia at Founders Park. And I, I'll ask, I'll give you a general softball here first, Colin. What um, what did we learn earlier this week? I know that um, Kingston spoke to the media. Um, what, what's maybe your biggest takeaway? Any major notes from from that media availability earlier this week? I mean, the big thing is how confident he is in this team and them not really shying away from expectations at this point. I mean, they, they feel like they have a really good team with the returners they have coming in and this, I guess, top 10 recruiting class that can make an impact really early in their careers. They, they have a feeling that this team can do some damage. Uh, it's, it's a team that they're very confident. I mean, I asked Mark Kingston, you know, how do you – expectations with you know being a, a top 25 team in the preseason and Kingston very bluntly said listen if they're happy with being a top 20 team then they're they're in the wrong headspace that we don't strive to just be a top 25 team anymore we want to go to super regionals we want to go to Omaha and we want to win the national championship that's our goal at South Carolina and they're not shying away from that this year uh, they have a few questions in the lineup in terms of who's going to start where Center field being a big one, uh, they have some options in the outfield. And third pitcher is kind of not up in the air, but um, there's still some – needs to be some set-in-stone stuff there right now. Julian Bosnick is the leading candidate at, as the Sunday starter. Um, or really Saturday starter if they want to go right, left, right on the weekend and then put Brandon Jordan probably at the Sunday role. Uh, and then figure out your midweek and your bullpen roles. But, I mean, other than that, this is a team with – some experience, they need to get better about that, and they need the freshmen to, to come along and, and prove that they can compete week in and week out in the SEC. But it's a very talented group and a group that this coaching staff is very, very optimistic about in terms of having success and being able to get not only to the postseason but win some games in there. Congrats, Colin. You just got your first tip here on uh, on the show. Shout out to Jeffrey throwing two bucks at, uh, at Colin. I don't think you can – there's not many beverages anymore that you can buy with that two bucks. But I'll, I'll take a double. I can get a yeah. lunch now. There, there we go. There you go. That, that's your at least part of your lunch taken care of there. So, uh, shout out, Jeffrey. Appreciate you, man. Let's go out to Bruce now. He says, I keep hearing how good our pitchers are this year. Is this one of the best staffs we have had in years? Um, Colin, I'll turn that one over to you, but I also want to add in Obviously, I, I think it's going to be a really good staff, but comparatively, and I don't know how much you maybe had a chance to dive into the rest of the conference as well. I think one thing we're going to have to remember this year is that, there, I mean, there's always stacked teams in the SEC, but everybody in this conference or most of the teams in this conference have probably been able to stack their rosters a little bit more this year compared to other years because of the situation with the MLB draft and it being much shorter. So how, um, how maybe does this compare to some previous South Carolina staffs, but maybe even more importantly, how is it going to compare to the rest of the South Carolina opponents they're going to face all year, you know? Yeah. Um, that Every time I try to check on how good this team is going to be and try to get a vibe for what it feels like inside the program, uh, I'm like, well, how good can this team be? And it's like, well, listen, we can be good, but – Vanderbilt's going to be good. Ole Miss is going to be good. LSU, Florida, all these teams are going to be good because the same situation. Now, South Carolina probably benefited more from the MLB draft than anybody else did, but other teams benefited too. I mean, Florida got mm-hmm. Tommy back. Vanderbilt has all the. I mean, Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt at this point. Um, do I think this can be one of the best SEC top staffs in the SEC this year? Yeah, I mean, I think it's easily a top four or five staff um, from a depth standpoint from a top end of the rotation standpoint uh, absolutely uh, I think South Carolina has some pretty dang good pitching staffs in its history um, but I think this one is probably I mean I would say it's easily the deepest of the Mark Kingston era by far um, just when you look at Thomas Farr and Brandon Jordan as two guys that turned down money to come back to school um, and then you mix in a Julian Bosnick then you mix in uh, Daniel Lloyd and Cam Tringali and Brett Carey, uh, who's been 
so good the last, I guess, two years. And then you also add in a Mag Cotto, a Will Sanders, a Jack Mahoney, a Jackson Phipps, uh, four top 200 prospect guys coming out of the coming out of high school or freshman this year. And you add, you know, Andy Peters and CJ Wines, two Juco guys that are, are good pitchers. You start to feel good about the depth and the ability to compete week in and week out in a three game series with, you know, for lack of a better word, the big boys in the SEC. And um, you need a freshman to come along. You need Mag Cota, the, the four guys I just mentioned, to pitch like top 200 prospects at a high school. But um, yeah, it's deep and it's it's a staff that should keep South Carolina in a lot of games this year because of not only its velocity that they're throwing, but I mean, the breaking balls and, and the make with the staff. I really like uh, heading into this year. And uh, obviously, Colin is way more tied in than I'll ever be with baseball. But I will say, uh, one of my buddies that's tied in with the Blowfish uh, just could not stop talking about Will Sanders as being a guy who uh, could really possibly help this team and just has a really bright future, I think, moving forward. So, I mean, anytime you have this combination you're talking about, returning guys, some Juco, maybe first, uh, you know, instant impact type guys, and then some freshmen that are kind of just being thrown in the fire and you just, hey, let's find out, you know, throw them out there and, and see what happens. Who, who do you like on the back end? Who, who do you think sort of is going to settle? It, will it be it? Will there be a true closer? You think, Colin, this may not be answerable yet, but um, at this point, is that more by committee? Is there one guy you think is locked in like, hey, we're giving you the ninth, man. Here's the ball. Like, go, you know, go shut this thing down. Yeah, I mean, Brett Carey is probably your closer going into the season. Not a guy that's going to blow you away velocity-wise, but can locate, can, I mean, just as – um, for lack of a better word, a word that I'd probably rather use, but he has moxie. Um, and that goes a long way as a closer. He's fearless. And I think he's going to be, until he proves otherwise, he's your, he's your closer. And then, you know, Daniel Lloyd is a guy that they're probably going to use on the back end uh, as a setup man or something along those lines. Uh, he's really, he's been good in the fall and, you know, we'll see him this weekend as well. And, uh, Cam Tringali is another name. CJ Wines, the Juco guy who's, you know, going to play and has a kind of a wonky delivery that helps get him out. And Andrew Peter, um, you feel really good about where they are on the back end, but Brett Carey's your closer uh, until, until he proves otherwise I'm going in with Brett Carey's your ninth inning guy. Sweet, sweet. So um, lots, lots of these spots, I guess, I mean, there's good competition, but, there, there is depth. Uh, some of these slots, uh, you know, you think about your Friday guy there with, with far some of these slots, it's always good that if you're from Kingston's perspective that they go in, maybe not completely locked in, but that you have a good idea um, of where these guys are, are going to play and that you're not sitting there saying, Hey, we have no idea who our, our Friday guy is. You mentioned outfield though, particularly center field as being one of those spots that maybe isn't quite, locked in some, you know, a lot of good competition there. I think maybe between some guys that are coming back versus some guys who are new, how, how do you see who, who are the guys in that competition right now on the outfield? Yeah. Um, so Brady Allen's going to be out there regardless. Um, it's just a matter of where they want to play him, uh, whether that's in center field or right field, where I, I think he's probably more better suited for right field. Um, then maybe center, but he can play some center if they need him to. Uh, Andrew Eister and Joe Satterfield are probably competing for that left field role. Um, Eister's going to be in the lineup, whether that's at DH or whether that's in left field. I think he's going to do a little bit of both this year. Um, and then center field, you kind of have some options. I mean, Noah Myers is the incumbent, um, but Brandon Fields, man, uh, I think he's considered the highest rated player to enroll at South Carolina in the high school ranks since I want to say Sam Dyson. I mean, just in terms of how good, you know, or, or something along the, he's a, he's a top five in terms of his, his ranking and, you know, is uber athletic can hit for power, has speed, um, still a work in progress defensively, not saying bad, you know, he's a freshman, um, still needs to cut down on some strikeouts, but man, when he makes contact, you know it, and he does a lot of damage. And, um, 
I think, I mean, if I was filling out a starting lineup, uh, if the season started tomorrow, I'd probably have Fields in center um, just because of the upside he gives you. But Braylon Wimmer can play out in center. They'll try him out there. And, and Noah Myers are two other guys that are competing for innings. And if you need be, then you can put Brady Allen in center and, and have someone else take the an, another corner spot. But they have options, which is the important part. All right, so season right around the corner, Colin. Uh, like you said, scrimmage this afternoon. And final thing on the baseball team, how, how important do you think it is for this team to get off to a decent start? Because I, I feel like, you know, last year, before everything got shut down, there were I felt I felt there was pressure on this team, like from the fan base. There's been pressure to win. Um, not the best start last year. And you know, then not the best start, I, I guess, as far as rolling into SEC play. And you you never just want to feel like you're treading water. You know, I, I just, from the outside looking in, I feel like it would be massive for this team to have things sort of go their way to start the year and actually build momentum versus starting to, you know, hear that chatter, starting to have to hear, see it on Twitter, not – and, and I don't care. I know players say I don't look at it. I don't read it. They try to avoid it. But sometimes it's hard not to hear that type of chatter. So my opinion, very important for them to start off pretty strong. What do you think? Absolutely. I mean, you have Clemson week two. I mean, if you can go out and there's a lot of hype around this program right now, uh, rightfully so, preseason hype is coming with it. And you want – your first two or three weekends of the season to go, all right, they're living up to the hype or I can see why there was hype and not man, another South, you know, another South Carolina team that's fallen short of expectations. You want to get this, the hype going, you want to feel good. You want to be able to say, you know, we're, we're off to a good start and um, you need to hit, uh, hit offensively. They've struggled and were up and down at times offensively the last two seasons, especially before last year got cut short. Um, you want to show that you can hit consistently. You want to show that your pitching is what you thought it was in terms of just the depth and the, the skill that you have. Uh, yeah, you want to have give fans something they want to watch. And um, I think that getting off to a fast start, especially week two, if you can go out and take two or three against Clemson or play really well and you know, take it to late innings in game three. I think this team's better than Clemson right now um, from a depth standpoint. Uh, but if you can go out and beat them and give fans something to cheer about, then you can start building momentum. It, it's easier to fix things or correct things when you're winning than when you're losing. Mm-hmm. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, good stuff from Colin, as always. If y'all want to check out his baseball coverage, come on over to GamecockCentral.com. Uh, use promo code GameCox. You can get 50% off your first year. And uh, hopefully you're already a subscriber anyway. But if you're not, come on over and check us out. We're gonna. Let, I know Colin's got a lot going on. We're gonna let him get out of here here shortly. If um, I'll stick around for maybe 10, 15 more minutes. If y'all have questions, there's not quite as many people on here. I think because of our time change. But um, if you do want to uh, ask questions, I'll get to them in the next 10 minutes or so. Colin, I'm gonna I'm gonna give everybody, by the way, a running backs coach update here in a second. But before I let you go. What were your thoughts on um, sort of meeting, uh, you know, meetings in, in quotation, uh, Zoom meeting with Greg Atkins for the first time um, earlier this week? Uh, we, we got to talk to him, got to hear from him. Um, I've, I frankly was, was impressed. He's an old school type guy, but with a little bit I, – I, I said it like this. I feel like this is an old school guy as far as um, his approach to maybe coaching the position – um, and as far as his experience, but he kind of had a new school vibe as far as like talking about loving his players and that they're a family to him. He's not that old school guy that's just going to hammer the players and be negative and, you know, cuss them at, at all times type deal. He, he kind of, it was sort of, uh, I, I had never listened to an interview. I'd never watched an interview. This is my very first time hearing from him. Um, but what were your takeaways hearing from Greg Atkins for the first time earlier this week? He is as football guy as football guy gets. Like if you looked up football guy in the dictionary, 
it's a picture of Greg Atkins. Um, I was impressed. I thought he came out and really showed why Shane Beamer called him a hellacious recruiter, why you could see players wanting to play for him. And the fact that he has a plan and knows what he's looking for is huge, I think. And I don't think we can really discount him knowing exactly what Marcus Satterfield wants and meshing well with that offensive staff because he's worked with Satterfield before, um, done a lot of different things. And, and I think that that's going to help him. I think South Carolina got a good one. Uh, and being able to poach from Marshall's staff that had a winning tradition. Um, so I'm, I've been, I've been solidly impressed with not only Atkins, but the staff that Shane Beaver's put together. I sort of, Colin, I sort of got the impression when he he made that comment. I think it was the Cornblutes question. He's like, you know, I, I could talk about this for hours on end all day long. I got the impression that was not an exaggeration at all, yeah. that that was just a uh, a fact. Yeah. You know, and he, he was talking about how he, he seemed a little bit sad that he had to leave the, um, the X's and O nerd out session with the rest of the offensive staff to come talk to us idiots. Um, you know, I, I think he was like very excited to get back uh, yeah. to, to talk some X's and O's with his new buddies. <laughs> I think that if he could have, he would have rolled, like he would not hit the button to move the screen up to reveal the whiteboard underneath, but like tape it up and like move it and then be like, all right, dummies, here's what we were talking about. And like draw stuff on the board just to, Show just start, just start yeah. drawing them up like this. This is a reach, bro- a, a reach block. This yeah. is this. This is this. Pass pro when they're playing three technique on a you know four three or base this and yeah that he he was. I got the feeling he was very mad at us for having to ask him questions for twenty minutes. Dude, I, I honestly would pay if if South Carolina offered something like that, like a a premium session where the coaches actually do explain some of this stuff as, as a media member i i would honestly pay to hear a guy like greg adkins um explain some of this stuff so all right colin good stuff man appreciate it as always we uh, we ran it uh baseball basketball and football so we appreciate the time man i know you got a lot going on but uh, we'll let you get let you get back to it and uh, we'll talk to you soon okay man Absolutely. First of all, I need to let you and Chris need to up your background game because I got this nice, lovely piece hanging around in the background that you guys need to, uh, the blank walls just aren't cutting it. You need to get some artwork. Yeah. Well, I've, I've got something planned. I appreciate you calling me out on that. I've got something planned. It's just so right now I'm, I'm in a different house and I'm still working on my office. Well, the router is in one, is on one side of the house. So I've got to actually run. And because you have to plug in ideally or at least be close to the router to do this show and it not um, get buff, like it not buffer a lot. So I've got to run the Ethernet through the roof and then down um, into the office so that I can plug in in there. Once right now, I'm literally they can't tell y'all can't tell. I'm like in my kitchen, like living room, like dining room area, basically. So the hum- there's there's a humble brag in there though about you being in another house like this is oof. Yeah, well, I I don't mean it that way, even though they like to call me out like that. But seriously, I've I've got a plan for the background. I've just got to get the office set up, and then I think they're gonna like it because it's gonna have it's gonna have some some Gamecock Central touches to it. It's gonna have Maybe a little bit of Atlanta Braves action, a um, little bit of everything. So I'm I'm excited. I think I'm going to actually put up my vintage Derek Moore Panthers card, mm-hmm. uh, which I did. I got my mom to find at the house. I legitimately have Gamecocks new. Um, what's his title, Colin? It's it's a super Director, long player develop character development or something like that. Yes. D- director of making the Gamecocks run through walls, basically. Cool when, I like that. Yeah, when when Luke Day is not making them run through walls, he's making them run through walls. So, but I, I asked my mom. I, I was a huge Panthers fan when I was a kid, and he was on their expansion team. So I 
I text my mom. I was like, I think I have a Derek Moore card at the house because I had like every single Panthers player back then. And sure enough, um, I've got a a card of his. So I I think that's going to go behind me. It's just going to be random stuff. So it, I'll, I'll up. What, what do you have back there, man? You got there's, so I'm looking at it now. There's obviously this lovely piece that I picked up. This is the one piece of art that Michaela has allowed me to hang. It was originally in our living room. And we did some rearranging over the weekend and hung some wedding photos. So uh, we put this in, in my office. Um, and then there's a shadow box up there of some of the credentials I've had over the last couple of years. So you I, are a married man, dude. The fact that you get you get one one piece of art <laughs> you get to hang. Married wait in public. But so yeah. my office I have more stuff. So like I have some Star Wars stuff over my desk that no one can see. Uh, and then some space stuff behind me. Well, wait, wait till y'all get that new house. Speaking of uh, bragging, wait till y'all get that house y'all just bought. You won't be able to hang anything, I'm guessing. So I get, I get my office. That's that's pretty much the only thing I'm going to get to hang. You get this one box in the yeah. entire house. It's like the basically. scene from Jerk when he's in the at the county fair. And he's like, you can pick anything from this wall, anything from these two shelves, anything <laughs> from this six inch area. So that's yeah. going to be you, man. All right, dude, we'll let you get to it. Um, baseball scrimmage starts at – They've asked us not to release the times, but later this afternoon soon. Okay. There is a scrimmage at some point today, and Colin will type words about it, yes. I believe, on Gamecock Central. So, yeah. thanks, Colin. Appreciate you, man. Have a good one, okay? Take it easy, y'all. Yeah, uh, good stuff from Colin. Um, all right, so running backs update real quick. I mean, I, I hate to say it, there's, there's not a ton to update on this. I will say Chris Foster, a little, little bit new there. So Chris Foster, he's the Georgia Southern running backs coach and is someone that we've been tracking because we've heard his name come up quite a bit. The thing that's new there isn't necessarily tied in with South Carolina. It's more about Foster in general, and that's – the fact that he is thought to be leaving Georgia Southern, whether he gets the South Carolina job or not. Um, ECU has been after him pretty hard, apparently, maybe even from what we've heard, uh, you know, Chris and myself, maybe even has an offer from ECU. I get the impression that it's much farther along in the process with Chris Foster and um, – ECU than maybe it has been with South Carolina and Foster. So, so that's something to watch there. Again, that, that name has been mentioned quite a bit. I, I think he's been highly recommended to Shane Beamer by some people, but that doesn't always mean this person is going to be the hire. Um, from obviously Jay Graham was a name we heard a lot about early on for what I understand Jay Graham and and Shane Beamer did talk, but obviously from all the reports coming out of Alabama, it appears that Jay Graham, um, according to like all their sites, is going to Alabama. I believe he's going to handle tight ends and special teams there, and it appears that maybe that move had already progressed to a point of of pretty much happening uh, before South Carolina had the change at at running backs. Um, You know, with, with the change at running backs, it happened very fast. This wasn't something that played out over a period of time. It kind of popped up out of nowhere for Des Kitchings. And from what I understand, it just was one of those situations where it was just too good of a spot, too good of a situation for Des Kitchings to turn down. Felt like he had to take it. It's an NFL chance for him. And I don't really think he would have left South Carolina for many other chances or any other opportunities maybe, but this one was just deemed too good to turn down. So it did sort of happen fast, but I, I do think the Jay Graham situation had already sort of moved forward with, with Alabama. And um, we'll see if that's made official today or not. If, if Maybe he's someone to still track or if that one's completely a done deal with Graham and Bama. You know, th- there's some other, other names we've, we've been maybe keeping an eye on. Uh, Montario Hardesty, who was the Charlotte um, running backs coach and, and actually is someone that we had um, we had excuse me got sidetracked 
that we had at least been tracking but haven't heard a, a whole lot about there. Um, maybe we'll have some other names to give you a little bit later on um, on the site. Um, E.J. Barthel, another one that, that we sort of have been tracking. He was the uh, Panthers' offensive assistant running backs coach and is now assistant O-line coach as well. Um, Jimmy Smith, the Arkansas running backs coach. So it, it's kind of at the point where – and there, there's some other names out there that we have picked up on but we haven't quite been able to put out yet. There's always sort of this line of whether you can put the name out yet or not that we have to walk. So I, um, I, I think we hopefully will have another update on GamecockCentral.com at some point this afternoon. And, again, um, you can always use the code GAMECOCKS for 50% off your first year or use the code GCPOD for 30 days, uh, 30 days free, 30-day free trial. So be sure to check that out. All right, y'all. I think that's going to do it. I got to get back to work. But appreciate the time. Appreciate the support, as always. If you're listening on the podcast, please uh, rate, review, subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, please uh, subscribe on there as well. That certainly helps us out. And I promise very soon we're going to hopefully be able to lock in a very specific time on the show and try to actually stick with that. I know we've been moving the show around a lot. For those of you who watch it live, I know that's probably not ideal. Our two o'clockers have probably been missing it. So we will try to lock in on that and let you guys and girls know that this is when we're going to do the show and try to stick with it from here on forward. All right, y'all. Appreciate it. Everybody have a great weekend. Everybody get some rest, and we'll see you on Monday. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.